You're listening to The Beauty Brains Show, where real scientists answer your beauty questions. And now, here's Randy and Perry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm Randy Schuler, co-founder of The Beauty Brains, and I'm here in the studio with my brainy partner, Jerry Romanowski. Uh, it's actually Perry. <laughs> Since when do I have to fact check every single, <laughs> single thing I say on the show? I can't work you know, like that. It's funny, growing up with a name that, an airy name, you know, <laughs> you get called all kinds. Yeah, it's an airy, right? Yeah, t- Perry. Terry. But there's Terry, Jerry, <laughs> Harry. I just, I'll respond to any of them. Because <laughs> I've so frequently been called all of them. I don't feel so bad. Hey, uh, let's see if you respond to this. Here's what we're talking about on today's show. We're going to uh, tell our audience if anti-aging patches really work. Whoa. Whether or not it's safe to melt coconut oil in your microwave. Hmm. And if you can really scrape conditioner buildup off your hair with a knife. Well, those all sound fascinating. I can't wait to hear what we say well, about that. Well, you're going to have to wait for just a minute because I, I want to quickly thank Janine for recording the intro for the show today. Uh, do you want to tell people how they can record an intro for us? Yeah, no, that was a fabulous intro. And if you want to have your voice on the beginning of our podcast, all you have to do is uh, record it on your smartphone and then email that to us. And, and what you say is... Uh, what, do, what do you say? Hi, this is the Beauty Brains. You're listening. To the, <laughs> See, clearly, you don't even listen to the episodes after I post them. <laughs> it is true. You, you, I'm just a couple months behind. You say, you're listening to the Beauty Brains, where real scientists answer your beauty questions. And now, here's Randy and Perry. And always mention my name first. <laughs> Wait, P comes before our... Uh, it's anti-alphabetical. I have to say, I was at uh, I was at a conference yesterday, oh. Michigan Society of Cosmetic Chemists, Excellent. and uh, there was a speaker there. And as I am wont to do at the end, I raise my hand and I ask a question. And the oh. speaker knows me. Oh. We've we've known each other for a long time. We've met on we've gone out to dinner. And when I raise my hand to ask the question, he points at me and says, uh, "What's your question, Randy?" <laughs> <laughs> No, that did, that did yeah. not happen. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> the re- See, yeah. Let's <laughs> actually explain for the audience. The reason that's so hilarious is, I think for our entire career at Alberto Culver, people would mix up our names, mostly right. calling Perry my name. So right. it's hilarious right. after whatever it's been, five years down the road, people are still doing that. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I I thought I thought you'd find that. Oh. Actually, it, it was a it was a pretty cool conference, and the but the only reason that I went there was Mrs. Romanowski was actually a speaker. <laughs> really? So, oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, she spoke on the topic of uh, beauty trends. So. Oh wow! We'll put a link to that YouTube video in the show notes. Yeah, no YouTube video. However, if you go to uh, my Chemist Corner Twitter oh, feed, I I, <laughs> I tweeted the entire meeting. Of course, you actually, did. If, you know that's a, that's a thing I do. Instead of writing out notes mm-hmm. at a conference, I will just tweet my notes for the whole conference. Oh, that's so. very clever, Mister Live yeah. Tweeter. Well, it it makes me pay attention, which is difficult to do with some of these talks, <laughs> <laughs> especially when it's not a topic that I'm terribly interested. 
But it also gives me now a, a list of tweets that I can just turn into a blog post. Oh, so. Very good. So, for your, very for your other blog. Hmm. There you go. All right. Well, Perry, are you ready for some beauty science news? I am. Bring on the music. <laughs> You know, we generally have a lighthearted banter about the latest beauty science breakthroughs, but sometimes there's a darker tone to the news. So let's take a moment to talk about skin allergies and infections. I have not one, but two stories that kind of scared the crap out of me. The first one involves a woman in Florida who is allergic to her own sweat. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a condition called cholinergic urticaria and it causes her to break out in hives in response to her own sweat. So wow. I, I'm not sure if this is over her entire body or just where you'd have a lot of sweat, like, you know, under your armpits or whatever. Um, I, I had never heard of this. And, you know, given how incredible it sounds, I just assumed it was, you know, extremely rare. But research published in the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, which, by the way, was titled Prevalence of Cholinergic Urticaria in Young Adults, says that this is as high as 20% of the population, depending what? on the age group. I know. I, wow. I cannot, one in five people are allergic to their own sweat. I, that can't be right. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, now, uh, most people who have it have just have very mild symptoms and don't need to seek medical attention. But, you know, for this woman in Florida, it was very serious. Um, the, by the way, the article also stated, and I quote, this condition may significantly impair quality of life, especially in relation to sporting and sexual activities. Like, like, <laughs> no kidding. like sex isn't complicated enough already. Can you, <laughs> now I got to make sure I put antiperspirant all over my body. It just, oh my God. Is that, is that the solution for it? Antiperspirant? No, I'm just making that up, but. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Maybe it's gold paint. <laughs> From the James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. I heard that she died. She, the actress who was... Who got gold... Don't, don't you know your urban myths? <laughs> oh, that she died from the pain. Okay, yeah, I have right, that. I think right, we blogged right. about that a couple of years ago. Yeah, don't you even read our blog? <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. So, sorry. sorry, I was busy doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right, so the, the second story about skin irritation is even scarier because it, it could happen to any of us. There's an Australian woman, this is, this is not funny at all, but an Australian woman was paralyzed. In fact, she was nearly killed just because she used her friend's makeup brush. Really? Yeah, her friend had a staph infection on her face, oh, wow. and it was transferred through the makeup brush. So this woman contracted a drug-resistant strain of staph, which is MRSA, right? Uh, okay, uh, right. And yeah. the infection damaged her spine to the point where she may never walk again. She's lucky she's not dead. So, you know, when we say be careful about sharing cosmetics, you know, we're not kidding around. Yeah, don't do it. Oh. Uh. All right, now back to you, Perry, for some lighter news. <laughs> well, geez, <laughs> way to start off the show. <laughs> you know, whenever, whenever we talk about uh, skin conditions and things, I, I think of my Facebook feed. There's somebody on my Facebook feed who constantly posts videos of doctors popping pimples. <laughs> <laughs> it's just or skin abscesses. It just oh. ooh, it shudders, and and stories like this remind me of that. Why don't, why don't we do a lighter story? Go for it. <laughs> well, you know, I was just uh, poking around the uh, journal, uh, the British Journal of Psychology, and I saw this article. <laughs> so here's some research that suggests a place to get beauty products that you probably hadn't considered before. 
your local liquor store. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Instead of spending hundreds of dollars on skin products and makeup, you might be able to get just as much of a boost in your feelings of attractiveness by drinking a few glasses of wine or beer. (laughs) At least that's what, according to this uh, research in the British Journal of Psychology says, they found that people who consumed more alcoholic drinks actually thought they were more attractive. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't that Shocking, called beer, huh? uh, beer goggles, isn't it? <laughs> right. Well, beer goggles are that you think someone else uh, is more yeah, attractive. Okay. This, right, this gotcha. So they actually carried out two different studies here. So in the first study, and which only involved 19 people, so let's you know take that for what it's worth, right? Wow. This is a journal of psychology, so... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we love to bash psychology, don't we? (laughs) You do. All right. (laughs) So anyway, they showed that the more alcoholic drinks a customer consumed, the more attractive they rated themselves. So the way they did this is they went to some bar in France, (laughs) and (laughs) and they they bribed people with lottery tickets, right? And and they they asked people to rate themselves for attractiveness on a scale of 1 to 7 so 1 being not attractive and then 7 being extremely attractive and then they estimated their blood alcohol levels with a breathalyzer mm. and it turned out that the more drunk people were the more attractive they rated themselves so <laughs> there was a correlation between how much you drank and how you rated yourself the british tax dollars at work i mean this seems <laughs> right, like right. kind of an unnecessary study but now now to be fair, the authors recognize the weaknesses of this study because, you know, it's only just a correlation, right, between alcohol and attractiveness. So they set up a second study <laughs> to get a little more in-depth and to to address some of the weaknesses in that first study. Mm-hmm. So in the second study, which they had 94 participants, um, but they mixed it up a bit. They had two groups of people in which some were given an alcoholic beverage and another group was given a non-alcoholic beverage, so... They taste the same. One has alcohol, one doesn't, right? But then in half of these groups, one half was told that they drank alcohol, and the other half was told that they didn't drink alcohol. So to get this clear, they some people were drinking alcohol, but they didn't know it. And then some people were not drinking alcohol, but they thought they were, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, that's your placebo control. Anyway, after consuming the beverages, then the participants had to deliver a speech and then rate how attractive, bright, original, and funny that they were, right? The speeches were videotaped, and then they were rated by 22 independent judges, people who weren't drunk, right? (laughs) And the results showed that the participants who thought that they had consumed alcohol gave themselves much more positive evaluations than people who didn't think that they what, drink alcohol, I, what's right? What's the big deal? Like, alcohol boosts self-confidence? I, this is that's ridiculous. Uh, well, you know, it it is it is the case. that This is scientific proof that if you drink a little alcohol, you'll think you're more confident and better looking. Oh, so, <laughs> which all means that if you, you want to feel more attractive, maybe the best thing you can do is get yourself a bottle of wine. <laughs> And this is funneling research dollars away from cancer, global warming, what? Uh, uh, apparently. <laughs> I, should, I should add that this, this is not to say that the alcohol actually does anything, right? It's just a psychological, makes you feel more attractive. Well, I guess the upside is at least people should know to drink more before listening to our podcast. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's right. a benefit. Speaking of our podcast, uh, I think we have a few cosmetic questions to get to. It is time for our cosmetic questions. 
Incidentally, if you have a question that you'd want the Beauty Brains to answer, you can just record it on your uh, on your smartphone and then email that to us at thebeautybrains at gmail.com. Or you can go to or you can just send us an email directly or you can go to our forum and post the question there. So we'll take questions from pretty much anywhere, although we do prefer the audio ones, so it just doesn't sound like two dudes talking <laughs> on a podcast the whole time. And speaking of which, here's an audio question from Julia. Hello, Randy and Perry. My name is Julia and I'm originally from Ukraine, but I live in Austin, Texas now. I like your show a lot and always looking forward to hearing new episodes. My first question is about microneedle patches. There are a number of research groups who are working in the area of vaccines drug delivery via dissolvable microneedles, which is a patch of microneedles. Do you think that this technology has a viable application for, deliver, for delivering hyaluronic acid by an array of dissolvable microneedles that allow transport of the hyaluronic acid into viable epidermis or dermis? There is a Korean product on the market that is called Village Hyaluronic Acid Microneedle Patch. Do you think that this product is able to deliver hyaluronic acid into dermis? This product is available for purchase on Amazon but has no reviews. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So thanks for the question, Julia. You know, coincidentally, I had just read a study about this very same technology uh, for lightning age spots and it used these dissolving microneedles weren't you in a yeah, band called the dissolving microneedles was it, was this... yeah that was that was way back in high school yeah. i don't like to talk a about ska it ska band wasn't it uh so this research was published by a korean team uh, in the journal of cosmetic dermatology and here's what they did they developed a patch uh, containing 4-N-butyl resorcinol, which is an active ingredient that's known to be able to prevent melanocytes from producing melanin the, the pigment in hair and skin Right. Then they had 45 panelists use the patch for eight weeks, and then they measured the amount of melanin in their skin. Now, best of all, this, this study was done the right way. It was a double-blinded, placebo-controlled trial. So the active ingredient was actually tested against a control. Neither, nice. you know, this, neither the subjects nor the researchers knew who was getting which treatment. So it looked pretty legit. The results showed that the patch with the active ingredient was twice as effective as the control in lightening skin. I don't know why the control wow. would be effective at all, but, but whatever. Uh, yeah, right. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard of these you know, these micro needles being effective. We had um, we talked about a similar technology made of collagen needles in a previous show. I don't know if you remember that. It's amazing how that you remember our past shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is the first study I'm aware of that shows these needles really can boost the efficacy of an active ingredient. So, I, I mean, if this technology is compatible with other anti-aging ingredients, I mean, Julia asked specifically about hyaluronic acid. I mean, it could open a range of possibilities for enhanced product performance. Now, the catch is, of course, you know, if you're lightening age spots, it's a single spot or two on your face. It's very easy to deal with that with a patch. If, right, if you right. want some, you know, hyaluronic acid, you know, deep moisturization treatment, where you got to do it all over your face, it gets a little right. trickier. Well, I suppose you could make it into a mask, right? Yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's not a bad idea. So, I mean, it's certainly not going to deliver hyaluronic acid to the same extent that an injection would. So if you're looking at it as a filler, remember hyaluronic acid does a couple of things, right? It, it boosts the structure of the dermis, and, you know, but it needs to be injected deeply in your skin for that. And they use a very high molecular weight. But just from moisturizing the skin, I, you know, maybe this, this microneedle technology could work you know, very effectively for that. Well, we, yeah. we just don't know. 
Well, it's interesting to see where beauty products are going, right? <laughs> Indeed. All right. I've got a question here from Chloe. Um, Chloe asks, what do you think of crepe erase cream? Hmm. I was hoping to get your opinion on the ingredient list. Do you think it could really diminish crepey skin? <laughs> so first of all, let me explain uh, what crepey skin hmm. is. And uh, actually, you, you know, when you type crepey skin, uh, you know, it, all, it always auto corrects to be creepy skin, which is an entirely different yeah, problem, right? It's different. No. Crepey skin gets its name because it makes your uh, your skin look like tissue paper or, or crepe paper, mm-hmm. right? Um, crepe. I, I used to call it just cray paper, right? Cray so paper? Yeah. Because it, it's like crepe paper, right? It's a double P. <laughs> you just call it crepe paper. Crepe paper, Can I get sure. some crepe? Of course <laughs> anyway. you did. So crepe paper, uh, the the skin in crepe paper skin or crepey skin, the skin is loose and saggy, and it may have little bumps or ridges. Mm. It's thought to be caused by a reduction in the collagen bundles that exist in the dermis, so the lower layers of your skin. Collagen loss occurs, you know, through the natural aging process, but crepey skin can also be caused by massive weight loss or topical steroid use, which thins the skin. Mm-hmm. There is no topical cure for this condition, although if you can boost collagen production, that certainly could help. Makes sense. So if you review the copy on the website, uh, you'll you'll see the typical weasel wording that <laughs> companies use to avoid making direct claims, mm-hmm. right? So for example, they have crepe erase is designed to improve the look <laughs> of dry, wrinkly, crepey skin. So look at that. It's Improve the look, right? Well, it's des- yes. designed to improve the right. look. <laughs> right, right, Designed to do it. it does, no, we're not saying it doesn't. Right. It's just we're just saying we, we it. intended it that way. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then another claim, like, it's proven, proven is always a very strong mm-hmm. word, but it's proven to reveal visibly firmer, <laughs> younger-looking skin, right? So, and so the, the key word there is visibly, so right? I, what is visibly firmer skin? Like, that's not saying their skin is firmer. It's saying it looks right. firmer, which you could do probably just through moisturizing. So it, it, I don't think that exactly. means, so, doesn't mean much. So, you know, buyer beware. Always, always read exactly what they're saying, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people think that the cosmetic industry is lying to them, and they almost never will make... Uh, blatantly false claims they just have worded it in a way which gives you a yeah, false they're, they're impression just very right? very misleading <laughs> exactly misleading but not lying anyway they include before and after pictures that look impressive but you know i see they include the disclaimer results may, will vary which <laughs> gives them a lot of wiggle room yeah, yeah. and and incidentally before and after pictures you it's so yeah. easy to manipulate an image it's just they're it's just laughable right. that they're even included. Right. I, I, I just immediately uh, reject that kind of evidence. Yeah. So how does this stuff work? They tell us it's powered by a triple complex of skin-restoring plant extracts. Hmm. Based on the ingredient list, it primarily consists of moisturizing agents like shea butter and coconut oil. The only potentially active ingredients that I see are the... The, the humid acid and the urosolic acid, mm-hmm. right? Ursolic acid? Humic acid. Um, did I say humid acid? You did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. It's a little moist. That's okay. Sure, it's moist acid. No, it's humic acids. Uh, they're similar to coal tar derivatives that can treat dandruff and yeah. related Psoriasis, conditions. But, yeah. Right. But I'm not aware of any evidence showing that they can boost collagen production. Mm. 
Now, ursolic acid comes from the natural waxy coating we find it on fruit. Mm -hmm. It supposedly boosts collagen production, but the only evidence I could find was, uh, you know, from some so-called natural remedy website and from the supplier of the material, of course. (laughs) Naturally. I didn't see any peer-reviewed scientific literature that says this stuff really works. Now, the process of ordering this stuff seems a bit sketchy, because here's what they say on the website. Approximately 12 weeks after your first order is shipped, and then approximately every 12 weeks after, you will receive a new full-size supply. Each shipment will be charged to the credit card you provide today in three installments, approximately every four weeks at the guaranteed (laughs) low price of $59.95 per installment, unless you call to cancel. So it looks like you're on the hook for about $60 every month uh, until you remember to so call them. So every 12 weeks, they renew it, but every month, they, are, they bill you a third of it. it looks, yeah. <laughs> now, this is, this, really, this is that tricky uh, uh, subscription model mm. that some, some companies will use. And, yeah. um, you know, s- some legitimate companies, of course, use this, but uh, there's a lot of not legitimate companies yeah. on the internet who will, you know, you sign up for something, and then every month it's charged, and unless you can call them, and of course, you know, they usually have a number that doesn't work, (laughs) so it's very difficult to track them down. Um, You're just on the hook. So I would never never suggest anyone to sign up for a subscription service like this, uh, no matter what product it is. If if this product was so good, it would be in stores, and you could go get it in the normal (laughs) way, right? What you would expect, yeah. Right, right. So, you know, this may be a perfectly fine product, but it really makes me nervous. And it's, you know, has all the danger signs of a potential ripoff. Um, The products are only sold on the Internet. They're not sold in regular store. And it doesn't contain any ingredients that are proven to provide any special benefit. And you have to sign up for the pay every month program. That That could really screw you over. So I would not recommend it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, Julia, I hope I hope that's a, uh, a satisfying answer for you. Uh, our next question comes to us from Sherry. And she wants to know if she can really scrape conditioner residue off her hair. So she says, I have a very dear friend who's a stylist. She showed me the leavings on a knife from scraping Pantene buildup off some hair. I have used Pantene for years and love it. Yes, I scraped my hair and got the same white flaky substance. So then I thought, wait a minute, let me check my husband's hair because he doesn't doesn't use any conditioner and I got the same white residue. (laughs) Hey! She says, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's the outer part of the hair shaft, but just in case it's damaging, I won't be scraping my hair anymore. Good good idea. (laughs) Well, well done, Sherry. And and you've actually stumbled across uh, an old, uh, the truth behind an old stylist trick. And I remember when I started in the industry, you know, low these many years ago, um, one of my bosses who had developed products for salon brands explained to me how stylists demonstrate, quote, build up by scraping hair with a knife or a pair of scissors or whatever. I mean, in case you've never seen this, it's exactly how Sherry described it, right? It's a, it's a white residue. You'll see it on the, I guess, scissors would be what they would usually use. Yeah. Um, and, you know, supposedly, you know, that's something that's left on your hair from the conditioner that just doesn't rinse off and builds up over time. But, as she points out, you can generate the same white flaky stuff that's never been treated with conditioner. So what's going on here? Well, a clue is that you get a lot of this residue when you scrape the hair backwards from root to tip. Right. And that's important because the cuticle of hair, remember that's the outer layer of hair, sort of like the, the overlapping shingles on a roof. 
those grow out such that the edges of the scales point to the tip end of hair. So yeah. when you're, you're back combing or, or back scraping, I guess, like that, you're essentially prying up the cuticles and scraping them off. Now, in case you didn't know this, the cuticles are clear. Um, you know, the color that you see in your hair is in the inside of the hair, the inner layer. It's right. embedded in the cortex. The outer layer, those cuticles, are, are transparent. So right. when you scrape them off this way, they just look white. Now, so it's not conditioner buildup. Right, it's, right. It's simply... It's actually your hair. Actually, yeah, you're, you're scraping off the outer layer. Now, I say this is a stylist trick. I, I don't know how many stylists are truly aware of what's going on. Um, I don't know if some, you know, maybe some are being deceptive. Some people might just have been told this myth and believe it. But right. in any case, it's not conditioner buildup. And it is a practice that can damage your hair because... Once you've scraped off those levels, layers of the cuticle, they, they don't grow back until new hair grows out. So right. you're That's... really headed towards a, a, a split end at that, you know, at yeah. that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hair without cuticle protection is not going to be as shiny. It's going to be much easier to split, so you'll get split ends, uh, and it just doesn't feel as good. So Exactly. So so don't scrape that, and use conditioner because it's not building up <laughs> your hair like this, right? There you go. Hey, before we get to the next question, you know, we like to do that thing where we shout out to people who have given us iTunes reviews. You know, it's important for uh, our audience, or it's important for our show to get the audience out there listening uh, to give us iTunes reviews. That helps other people find the show on iTunes. And incidentally, d didn't you just tweet that uh, <laughs> we were rated, uh, what, number one in the beauty as category? Of, uh, as of yesterday in iTunes fashion and beauty category, we had the number one episode. We're the number wow. number two ranked podcast right now, but we have the number one episode. So oh well, that's fun. Yeah. So thank you everybody who has given us an iTunes review. So why don't we read a couple of here uh, right now? Yeah, here's one from uh, Sarah Kaya. I pr forgive me if not, I'm not pronouncing the name correctly, but she says, "Informative and witty. I love how much the podcast educates consumers on their beauty purchases. The banter is pretty amusing too. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, yay. Uh, and then." Uh, Usava85 says, this is the greatest source of information for the cosmetic formulator, as well as for anybody who uses cosmetics. It's run by the unbiased cosmetic scientists who have tremendous industry experience. These scientists are available to answer any question that you might have. Oh, well, I, I, that puts us out there a little bit. I'm not sure right. any question, but we'll do our best. Oh, uh yeah, you know, throw it out. We'll see, <laughs> we'll what, see we what we answer. can do. <laughs> All right. Speaking of questions, you want to take one? Sure. This next one comes to us from Lindsay Girl, who asks, I have used extra virgin co uh, coconut oil in my hair as a deep conditioning treatment once a week for several years now. I melt the oil in the microwave. This morning I was reading an article on the naturallycurly.com website that the author of the article heard that you shouldn't warm coconut oil in the microwave because that will alter the bonds in the oil. <laughs> What say you, brains? Can I safely put the coconut oil in the microwave to melt it, or is there a better way? <laughs> well, remember that coconut oil penetrates hair because of its size and the configurations of the carbon chains that make up the oil. But some grades of coconut oil are solids at room temperature, so you need to heat them up before using them, right? Unless you're heating it above the point where it decomposes, microwaving coconut oil should cause no problems. In, in other words, melting it is just fine. But you need to be very careful when you're using this approach, and here's why. Microwave ovens work by exciting the bonds between atoms, and it causes them to vibrate. 
the motion of the molecules vibrating and the bouncing around generates heat. Now, different substances will absorb microwave radiation differently depending on a property called the dielectric constant. Water molecules have a high dielectric constant, and they are very mobile and will bounce around a lot. Oil molecules, on the other hand, they're larger and they're more fixed. Their dielectric constant is smaller, so they will take longer to heat up. However, the specific heat capacity of oil is less than water, which means the oil will hold about twice as much heat as the water will. And that means that it's easy to overheat your oil to the point where it could actually burn you. Mm. Yeah, you don't realize how hot it is. You're used to heating up water all the time, and if the oil exactly. holds that much more heat, yeah, that could be dangerous. Now, if you really want to geek out on the dielectric constant, and, and who doesn't, right? <laughs> and heat capacity, boy, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to an article about microwave absorption by oil in the physics forum. Hmm. So that's fun. But the bottom line is that melting coconut oil in the microwave is unlikely to hurt the oil. You're not gonna uh, you're not gonna uh, heat it above the decomposition Probably level not, of the yeah. oil. But you could accidentally overheat it and give yourself a nasty burn. So to be safe, you might want to melt it in a bowl of hot water instead. Yeah, that's, that's a lot safer. Yeah. I'd also heard that, um, and I, I don't know if this is a myth or not, but that oil can catch fire in a microwave, that it causes sparking. I, I didn't see anything in that article that would indicate yeah. that that's the case. So, there, I mean, there is some danger associated with it, but I, I don't think the problem is sparking. Yeah, I, I recall when uh, when we were in the lab, you know, there were materials that were, you know, solid, just just around room temperature. They're solid, you need to heat them up, you know, a few degrees. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd usually use the microwave to heat that, yeah, you know, right. to, just, to get it liquidy. Yeah, so Just don't overdo it. it. Right, exactly. Very good. Hey, Randy, we're, well, we're near the end of the show, but, uh, you know I, know, I know one of the favorite features of people, uh, of our audience, is our uh, our audiobook reviews. Well, actually, I've been cutting those out of the show lately. Oh. I don't even if you listen. You but, have? Wait. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Please. Ah. Please. Elaborate. Well, you know, I was I was on vacation at the beginning of the month, and I, I, I read about six books. Mm. <laughs> this, wow. is, this is what I do. And actually, uh, my wife and I drove down to Florida, from Chicago to Florida, and the whole way, she read out loud a book to me. Uh, the, 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 so it was my own like live audio book. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you don't have a wife that'll read out loud to you, you might consider checking out audible.com. Uh, and the Beauty Brains have teamed up with audible.com, uh, and you get a free trial and a free book. Uh, so it's audibletrial.com slash beautybrains. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. But you can get your own very own uh, audio book to listen to. I, I think they're great. Uh, the, the, the most recent book I listened to was a John Steinbeck book. Mm -hmm, sure. uh, he wrote a book called The Pearl. Mm-hmm. Which essentially is, it's a very short book, but it's a, the book is about a, a poor guy. He finds the most beautiful pearl in the world, and it ruins his entire life. <laughs> so, it's a, a wonderful read, though. John Steinbeck's excellent nice. uh, author. Upbeat and you, in the show. <laughs> and you can get your copy of The Pearl or our own book, The Beauty Isle Insider, uh, by going to audibletrial.com slash beautybrains and uh, sign up today. Uh, and if you do want to listen to books rather than read them, I'll put a link in the show notes to Mrs. Romanowski's cell phone number. <laughs> you can call her and she can just read to you over the yes. phone. That'd be, that'd uh, I, I, she'd love to do that. All right, Perry, <laughs> it's uh, time to say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, uh, goodbye, everybody, and thanks so much for listening. <laughs> 
And until next week, remember, be brainy about your beauty.